I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH in Boston. Police in Pakistan are detaining a Muslim cleric who is suspected of planting evidence to frame a young Christian girl for blasphemy. Last month, the 14-year-old girl named Rimsha was arrested. She was accused by the cleric of carrying burned pages from an Islamic children's textbook. She's been in a high-security prison ever since then, even though she was deemed to be a juvenile with some mental disability. Well, now it turns out that the cleric making the accusation may have done the deed himself. Bina Sarwar is an independent journalist and documentary filmmaker from Pakistan. She now lives in Cambridge. Bina, there was an eyewitness who came forth and has turned this case around with what he said he saw the cleric do. What was that? He says he saw the cleric put in pages of the bur- of the Quran into the bag that Rimsha was carrying to burn them. And he said that the, the cleric, when he told him, why are you adding material to what she's carrying, the cleric told him, this will make our case stronger. And he said that he told him not to do that, but the man didn't listen and said, we want the Christians out of this area. So he wanted the Christians out of this area. Tell us about that. I mean, was this the motivation, if he's proven guilty, for trying to accuse this young girl of something that she did not do? Well, in every single case of blasphemy that has been investigated so far, it's been found that there's some kind of motives other than religious behind it, which has got to do with property, with uh, debt evasion, with uh, trying to, you know, and and prime uh, property in Punjab and to get the Christians out of that area and take over that area might well have been a motive because a lot of them have fled that area now. So versus religious intolerance. Or an anti-Christian sentiment? This is not about... I I don't think this is about an anti-Christian sentiment. In Pakistan, the different religions have lived peacefully and coexisted for years, but there are troublemakers who create these kind of disturbances in a very deliberate way. It's instigated, planned, and religious emotions are then played up to create this kind of an atmosphere. This is far from the first case. Uh, In fact, there's another case of a woman older than Rimsha who has been sentenced to death. Tell us about that case. So that's the case of Asya Bibi, who's a young mother. She has three young children, and she's the first woman to be sentenced to death under the blasphemy law. But having said that, I should emphasize that no superior court in Pakistan has upheld the death sentences pronounced by the lower courts or the trial courts in such cases. And Pakistan has never yet, the state has never yet executed anybody for so-called alleged blasphemy. Asia is the first woman who is in prison for that, and her case should go to the Lahore High Court, and under normal procedures, it would get overturned. I think that's a case where it also shows the kind of transition in this society, the tensions of a society that's changing, where she's a, a woman from the, the lowest socioeconomic strata of society. Maybe 10 years ago, she wouldn't have argued back with the woman who accused her, and the woman who accused her registered the case three or four days after the argument had taken place. And what's the significance of that? The significance of that is that some people went to those women, the women who accused her, and, you know, worked on them and said, you know, you this is your chance to go to heaven. If this woman has blasphemed, she has disrespected our religion, she has disrespected our prophet, and you must take a stand and we will be with you. And, and then you go and register this case, and the police are very quick to do that without investigating the real uh, what's behind it. Bina, the blasphemy laws that exist in Pakistan are notoriously severe. In whose interest is it to keep them severe? I think it's in the interest of the religious extremists and the religious right wing in Pakistan because that gives them some kind of a place to unify and align people with. And it kind of also falls in line with the ideology that, you know, Pakistan is a quote-unquote Islamic state. For these people, this is their bread and butter. 
And as democracy takes root in Pakistan and they find that they have no uh, local standby with the population, then they want to hang on to these kind of things. And this law was in- introduced by a dictator who used religion to perpetuate his military dictatorship for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Even though you say there might be political underpinnings to a case like this, it's a class issue as well, this girl being from a poorer class. It's a complex situation, but the tensions as they emerge sound like they're coming from religious differences, even if you say they're not. There are religious differences, but it also has a lot to do with the national discourse in Pakistan, the public discourse, the way that it has been, the way that certain issues have been projected in the media, in the textbooks. I mean, this is a very, very deep and complex issue, as you as you said. It's not as simple as somebody just saying something and being punished for it. It's, there's a lot of different elements at play here. Does the, um, the case of this 14-year-old girl, we don't know what's going to uh, become of her or what's going to happen in the case right now, but, but does this give you an idea of the direction that Pakistan is going in right now? Is it an, an illustration of anything for you? I'm very hopeful that this will be a turning point that uh, because of the All-Pakistan Ulema Council has come out in her support, and they came out in her support before this ev- issue of false evidence came out. They came out in her support before that and said that, you know, she's young and she's, she's got a mental disability. And so if the All-Pakistan Ulema Council, which includes some really hardline clerics, came out in her support, that shows that these people also realizing that they're, you know, they've gone too far now. Thank you very much for coming to the studio. Independent journalist and documentary filmmaker Bina Sarwar, thank you. Thank you.